Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast. It's in your life today. And here we are on a Friday night. You know what that means. A looking back episode. Now, if you guys don't remember that I did say before, I would try to be doing a looking back episode at least once a week. You know, just to just to look back on a few movies, look back on a few comic book movies for nostalgia or if for any reason my opinions have changed from then to now. Just to spice it up a little bit and see what happens since, you know, we're on lockdown and shit. It's best to like, you know what, reminisce a few times. And I made a poll on Twitter, OTC Volume 2. By the way, go check that out right now. Just a little plug in right there. I went on Twitter in the beginning of the week and I made a poll. And I said, what movies did you guys want me to do a Looking Back episode the most? I chose between Batman v Superman, Justice League, Catwoman, and Other. So the majority of people said Batman v Superman. So that's what this episode is going to be about. Batman v Superman, the ultimate edition. Why the ultimate edition, not the theatrical cut? Well, put it this way. Since it's now been confirmed that Justice League will be releasing their Snyder Cut on HBO Max in 2021, I figured that I would do this movie in its entirety to do its justice. No pun intended. And I felt like it was appropriate for me to do that. I wanted to see more in terms of what scenes were extended, and let's face it, it was three hours long, so I was in the mood to see a three-hour long film. That's as simple as I could put it, really. And I just finished watching it, I wrote a lot of notes down, so we're gonna get right into it. Also, another thing to clarify before we go into our shout-out, I said on my last episode that Ruby Rose quit as Batwoman, and I also said that there could have been a variety of reasons that maybe she was hurt, that she was injured, or maybe for some odd reason it had a lot to do with the negative trolls that was attacking her, which made me feel very sympathetic, and I was sympathetic, I really was. Multiple sources that was close to the situation actually confirmed that Ruby Rose was unhappy with the long hours required as the series was leading on and continuing. So basically, she was most likely burned out and was like, you know what, I really don't want to do this again. And then she met up with the studios, the network, the CW and the studios and everybody else and basically agreed to part ways. Now, I know a lot of diehard fans that are fans of the CW drama and are fans of Batwoman and everybody else that were not really thrilled about this news and it's kind of against her in this. To me, I honestly don't really see the big deal here because... Hey, she did an entire season, and she realized she was unhappy. And put it this way, I'd rather have someone be fully committed to a role in a TV show at their best than continuing at their worst. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to look at someone on television knowing full well that they're fucking miserable. Even though I know it's important to the story, I know it's important to the narrative to look at our favorite actors and actresses and do whatever they need to do to ensure that they get the job done. But at the same time, and you also have to understand, they're human beings at the end of the day. So if she was unhappy, if she was burned out, if she didn't feel like working the long hours anymore, hey, 
Rose, more power to you. I don't have a problem with this whatsoever. I really don't. Now, granted, I probably would have a problem if this happened to the MCU and Robert Downey Jr. out of nowhere for some odd reason after a couple movies in said, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, maybe it's a little different. Like I said, there's no such thing as equality. Maybe a little different. I'm biased, whatever. But in this particular case, more power to you, Rose. As I said before, and I'll say it again, good luck in your future endeavors. Now, that's enough of that. Let's get started, shall we? This episode of the podcast gives the shout out to Brendan Schaub, the host of Fighter and the Kid podcast, co-host with Brian the Kid Callen, and of course, the host of Below the Belt podcast, formerly known as Big Brown Breakdown. He was one of my main inspirations to actually start a podcast to begin with. I saw him at the Gotham Comedy Club. He is a former UFC fighter, stand-up comedian, and he's really good in what he does. He's very knowledgeable in what he does. He's one of my favorite people that I actually watch and listen to, and I think that you'll have a good time listening to him as well. He's very controversial, and he just launched a new project called the Thick Boy Bike Club. Now, I know I'm not thick. Let's face it. I know I'm not thick. But I like to ride my bike, and I love me some thickness. Shout out to Brendan Schaub. If you want to hear his content, once again, go to Below the Belt on YouTube, Fighter and the Kid, The King and the Sting, and many more of his stand-up comedy where he talks about jerking off to Hulk Hogan having sex with someone else. I know, it's fucking weird. That's all we have for our shout-outs. It's now time to dive into... Batman v Superman the Ultimate Edition. Chances are it's probably going to go over 20 minutes, but we'll see what happens. And that comes up right in a bit. Batman v Superman, a movie that came out in 2016 and it was supposed to be one of the most pinnacle movies in all of comic book histories. And then looking back on it now and I'm thinking to myself, god damn, like this movie could have been so much better than what it was. But for me to continue to go on forward, I want to look back just a little bit. October 4th, 1997. The most epic crossover, probably one of the first crossovers in the history of comic books. Batman and Superman at World's Finest. And it introduced Batman meeting Superman, trying to ensure that they stop the Joker's evil plans. But when you saw the moment, you saw the moment where these two were together on screen, it made you feel like you were on cloud nine. It made you feel that... This is probably one of the greatest things that could ever be produced. And you saw it, really. As soon as Superman touched Batman's shoulder, and he goes, Hey, that's enough, you've gone too far. And Batman just, whoop, fucking flipped Superman with one arm like nothing across the room onto a table. I'm like, yo, this is one of the fucking coolest things I've ever seen. And then, Superman uses x-ray vision, looks at him, he goes, you peaked. And he knew... By that time, he knew he was Bruce Wayne. So what did Batman do? He put a tracker on him. He waited for Superman to go on to being all vulnerable and comfortable and become Clark Kent. And then Superman 
just saw 100 meters away on a building. Batman just set a peace sign, fucking dipped. Tracked him down, knew exactly who he was, saying, two can play at that game, motherfucker. I'm reminiscing about this because when the trailer came out for Batman v Superman, tell me, do you bleed? You will. When that trailer came out, fans were going nuts. Fans were going fucking ecstatic. You see, the casual fans from Man of Steel was waiting three years for Batman v Superman to happen. But after me reminiscing about the world's finest, I, along with so many others, were actually waiting 20 fucking years for this live-action crossover between these two characters to happen. So this was a long time coming for a lot of people. And it just wasn't what it needed to be. It was mediocre at best. Half in, half out. That's what I thought at the time that I actually saw it. Fast forward a few years, and I just saw the Ultimate Edition, and I realized that my opinion just slightly changed in terms of what I felt for the movie at the time. So I wrote down a list. I wrote down a list of the things that I liked, things that I didn't like. And I want to try to compare and contrast those two. For one thing, I love Batman's motivation. He had a reason to go after Superman in this movie. He believed Superman was a threat and he needed to do whatever it took to take him down. I like the fact that Superman was on trial. That it was a political movement against him. An alien from outer space with the divine powers of a god. Should he be trusted? Does he follow the laws of man? Should he answer to the people or should he answer to himself? So I really like that dynamic between someone's morals and someone's political views in terms of what is right and what is not. I love the conflicting ideologies between Batman and Superman. As I said, Batman had every reason to go after Superman because he believed he was a threat. Superman, although not strongly justified, he had a somewhat reason to go after Batman. He believed that Batman, being a vigilante, was going too far in what he was doing. And this could have been the perfect movie to actually represent that. Two conflicting ideologies. One that symbolizes what is right and what it means to be a hero. And the other one representing of what it means to be a vigilante and what it means to actually get the job done. Now, I remembered I heard this from a YouTuber that I watched a couple years ago. And he brought up some very interesting points. It kills me that I don't really remember his name. But he said that... This movie would have been a lot better if those ideologies were to be represented in some way. To have Superman to go to Batman and be like, Listen, you're going too far. You cannot do this anymore. This branding, judge, jury, executioner bullshit. Uh-uh. I ain't having it. I'm going to have to kill you if you don't stop. And Batman will come out of nowhere and be like, Well, you probably killed more people through collateral damage during your fights with General Zod. And on top of that, you can't kill me. You're too good to kill me. That, in and it of itself, would be the perfect representation of those ideologies because it'd be a stalemate. It would make you see that both of them are right and both of them are wrong. I'll take you a quick example. Daredevil Season 2, around Episode 4 or 5, the Punisher believed that he had to do whatever it took to take someone down because... He believes that the worst people, the criminals, the rapists, the murderers, the torturers, every one of them deserves to die. 
and he would do whatever it took to take them down. Meanwhile, on the flip side of that argument, Daredevil believed that every single human being has some piece of goodness in them. And that if you give them a chance, if you give them a chance to try, to try to do whatever they can to change for redemption, that anyone can be saved. And when you saw that, you realized that they're both right and they're both wrong. And that's the type of ideology that I love watching when it comes to television, cinema, media, or whichever the case. You don't have to pick one side. You can actually go and be conflicted on both sides because if you have to choose one more than the other, then that's up to your discretion or what you relate to the most. And I feel like with this movie, it could have done that completely in its entirety. But it dropped the ball on that big time. Why? After watching this entire movie, all it was about was basically Jesse Eisenberg hating Superman so much that he basically orchestrated the entire thing. He orchestrated the two guys to fight. He orchestrated pushing Batman's buttons a little bit by sending him notes. He orchestrated pushing Superman's buttons by kidnapping his mom and throwing Lois Lane off a building. And he basically set the whole thing up in his hatred for Superman. He wanted to show the world that Superman was not a good person that should be viewed as a god or some kind of savior. No, he wanted to show the world that Superman was a demon, was a devil, was a sin. His words. Also, mind you, I'm saying Jesse Eisenberg, not Lex Luthor, because this, to me, this is Jesse Eisenberg playing Jesse Eisenberg's shit. I mean, I get it. The character is Lex Luthor Jr., but the whole twitchiness and the... You should not be confronted with this guy. It, it, it's just, it was too much. It, it, it really was. Like, to me, it, I understand in the movie it's Lex Luthor's son, Lex Luthor Jr., but it, it was just a little bit too much. It, it's Jesse Eisenberg playing Jesse Eisenberg, and I don't have a problem with him at all. He's a terrific actor. He's one of my favorites. In fact, I love The Social Network. I love Zombieland. I love a lot of the movies he was in, but in this type of movie, it just didn't work for me. Jesse Eisenberg playing Jesse Eisenberg, and... I guess if that's Zack Snyder's direction, it is what it is. You know what? It is what it is. In the extended edition, the ultimate edition, I love the fact that they showed Clark Kent actually doing some reporting shit. Like, he he was actually digging up information about the Bat Vigilante or the Bat of Gotham. Notice they've only called Batman Batman once. It was only Morpheus that actually said the name Batman literally once in this entire film. Everyone else called him the Bat Vigilante or the Bat of Gotham. Even though Batman has been doing his thing for around 20 years, which was confirmed by Bruce Wayne talking to Alfred in this movie. What the fuck ever. I like the references to Darkseid. I like the references to Evil Superman, which was from Injustice. I really like that, even though those were dream sequences. I liked all of those things. And of course, I like the visual effects. Zack Snyder is a visual director. He's a, one of the brilliant ones at that. This movie had a lot of color. It had a lot of pop. It was, it was visually stunning. And I liked watching it. I really did. Now, those were my positives. Now goes into my negatives. And I know we're probably a little bit over time here, but please bear with me. Batman killing people. No. Fucking no. And I don't care if Zack Snyder said, Well, this is a realistic movie. 
So, of course, Batman is going to kill people. But it's not. It's, it's not. A, it, they're not real. They're not real people. They're characters. By making Batman kill, you're taking away his one moral code that makes him who he is. Now he's just the Punisher in a fucking cape and cowl. Batman does not kill people. It's what separates him from the villains, from the criminals that he fights every day against. If you know the one thing about Batman, he always refuses to become the one thing he despises. He would never become the force that took away his parents when they died in that alleyway. Batman does not kill. Now, if you had some kind of justification for it within the movie that explained why he was doing it, I would probably accept it more in that perspective. Have a scene, a flashback, anything, where Alfred can go to him, and Chris Stuckman said this best. Chris Stuckman, shout out to him, another YouTuber that I watch. Chris Stuckman said it best, where he actually gave an example where Alfred can go to him and go, Bruce, Master Bruce, you're, you're going too far. Yeah, well, they took Robin away from me. I have nothing left. That way we could see the reason in terms of why he became the way he became, especially after 20 years of being in Gotham and fighting crime and doing the same thing over and over. But no, he's killing people left and right. And the movie thinks it's smart because it's indirectly showing it, but he's really killing people. Another thing that to me was a little stupid was the beginning of the movie and the first half of the movie where the politicians actually believing that Superman killed people in Africa even though you can find evidence that they were killed by bullets and burned by fire and you have a couple of witnesses that could actually tell the truth including Lois Lane but for some reason they didn't go that route. So I, I, I don't know what that. I, I feel like they just went away with that a little bit. I know a lot of people hate this part, the whole Martha thing, where Batman was kicking Superman's ass and then he stopped from doing what he needed to do because it was a fucking coincidence that both their names were Martha. I mean, I'm trying to see it from another perspective where, okay, he realizes that, yes, Superman is human, that he has parents, but at the same time, it was earlier in that scene where he said... I bet your parents were to tell you something or whatever the hell he said. So he knew he had parents. But the whole Martha thing, it was stupid. It really was. Save Martha! Find him! Come on, man. Come. Whoever wrote that in the screenplay, you better pat yourself on the back for that shit. Because that, that was stupid. It really was. Maybe it was a trigger. Maybe because Batman's parents mean so much to him that hearing... His mother's name actually meant to him more than anything else. Like I said, I'm trying to give it another perspective. But to me, it was stupid. Not as stupid as this. And this is where it gets really good. Batman v Superman. It's a movie about these two guys facing against each other. Although the fight scenes were good, it was way late into the movie and it was short as hell. This was clearly a prequel to the Justice League. And if you have to have a prequel to the Justice League, that means you have to have a scene that can transition in terms of us meeting the Justice League. And what do the screenwriters do? They decided to introduce their audience, members of the Justice League, by having Wonder Woman open up a fucking email. <laughs> oh my god, like... I'm trying so hard to not want to punch my computer screen right now. Please understand from 
for those of you that are thinking, oh, what's the problem with that? Listen, okay, just just hear me out, okay? You are a professional screenplay writer from Hollywood, okay? Your job is to write a script for Batman and Superman, two of the most iconic heroes in all of comic book history since the 1940s. And you decided to introduce your audience, members of the Justice League, by having Wonder Woman open up a fucking email and have us watch them via video footage. How lazy can you fucking be? That was the best that you could come up with? Are you fucking kidding me? And Zack Snyder and the higher-ups actually confirmed this bullshit? Dude, mmm. Again, <laughs> I'm trying to see this from another perspective, but fucking hell, that was stupid. Oh my god. I can forgive Doomsday and the fact that he looks like the troll from Lord of the Rings and he sounds like him as well. I can forgive Jesse Eisenberg playing Jesse Eisenberg shit. I can forgive... All of the other bullshit and all the... I could even look past Batman killing people even though he's not supposed to. He's one of my favorite characters of all time. I can look past all of that even though there should have been a scene about that. There should have. I can look past all that. But the Justice League and we're looking at them through an email. Oh my god. I want to look up the screenwriter's name and just curse them out as best I can. You know what? Fuck it. I don't care what their name is. If you wrote this, I'm sure you're not listening to this, but if you wrote this, bang your head against something, please. Jump off a window somewhere. Just, I hope to God your socks stay wet throughout your entire life. That was a stupid, idiotic fucking decision. And how nobody was against this is beyond me. In conclusion, I did like the movie. I didn't before. It started to grow on me. Now that I saw the Ultimate Edition, now that I saw the extended scenes, Clark Kent actually doing some reporting, Steppenwolf, even though he shouldn't be there, there was a little scene of him. Batman fighting against the bad guys was a little bit more violent, which I liked. There were some good things of the extended edition that I enjoyed. I didn't love the film, but I don't hate it either. Looking back on this now, as I said from the beginning, this movie should have been way better than what it was. So with Zack Snyder releasing his full extended Snyder Cut for the Justice League next year, I'm very interested to see what his true vision was. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. I do apologize that we went a little bit over, but I had a lot to say about the movie. The movie was three hours long. I had a lot to say about it, and... You guys heard my rant. You guys heard my review. Tune in next time where we're probably going to do another Looking Back episode. What's it going to be? I don't know. I'll probably do another poll on Twitter and then you guys can choose what I can do. Before we end this night, let's do our superhero quote of the day. And this one is from Batman. From The Dark Knight Returns. Since that movie inspired this one to take its shape. You're feeling it now, don't you? What the rest of us lives with every day. Your own mortality. Don't worry, you'll survive. The kryptonite will work your way out of its lungs soon enough. But I didn't have to go easy on you. A different binding agent, a stronger mix. I wanted to tell you that. 
I wanted to remind you to stay out of my way. And in all the years to come in your most private moments, I want you to remember the one man who beat you. And my response to that is, I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if he had help. I don't care if he cheated. Batman beat Superman hands fucking down. Till next time, remember, go on my Twitter and Instagram if you have any questions, comments, or concern. OTC Volume 2. Volume is spelled completely with the number 2. Have a great weekend. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.